let's uh, let's do this. Ah, good. My audience is here. <laughs> They're no, here. Okay. They want to hear about the Matrix Resurrections. Welcome to another episode of No Crisis Yet. I am John Lynch. I'm Ben Brown. Ben, we're going to talk about something that just came out. That's right. Uh, the hottest shit on the streets, the kids. Ben, have you heard mm-hmm. that they're they're doing another Matrix <gasps> and that it already came out? <laughs> it came out in <laughs> we December. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. <laughs> no, but it does come out on DVD this, I think it's the first week of March. What's a DVD? Uh, a DVD is a disc that What's a disc? Uh, most children who experienced the Matrix probably bought the Matrix on DVD because it was Holy the shit. first DVD everybody bought with their PlayStation. And then, well, so all I know about a disc is that some people, like sketchy people, show up at your door, yeah, and you tuck it into a book. That's and right. Like, well, although that was a mini disc, in that uh, that's one of my Follow favorite. The White Rabbit. My favorite bits in the original Matrix is that book of of hacker programs that he has. They're all just on mini discs. Because yeah. well, let's thought, face there it, there are in Japan there were mini disc computers. Here's mini disc was a, you know a, a, probably a flawed format because like who wanted a recordable thing that wasn't cassettes and blah blah blah. But it was the most cinematic. Uh, you understood data medium. It. visually. Like, you understand floppy disk, boring. CD, who cares? Zip disks, they don't even know what those are. Yeah, but what if you combine? But what if you took them all together and put a little tiny transparent case and a CD? Like I had a friend who like was way into mini discs. As did I. And yes, did and I. he had yes, like a, a car like locker for all his mini discs, yep. uh, all his uh, essential mix sets uh, from the BBC. And uh, I thought they were very cool, and the player was very cool. And then it was like, yeah, this is basically UMD. Again, I mean, well, UMD came after mini disc, but UMD was like, "What if we do a cartridge, but it's a disc?" Yeah, every fucking time. Every time they just put a cartridge Even inside a, a disc inside a cartridge, and it it looks cool every time. Actually, UMDs I think look really stupid. It's weird. They shouldn't. They're basically they the same thing, like right? Miniature like speedometers to me. Yeah, because they're whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they look like speedometers. They look you like something. I'm talking going, about if you look at it and yeah. you're like, "Oh, there's if a." You disc put that on a dashboard. I would yeah. think it was a speedometer. I regretably. I can't even believe I'm saying this. I sold my PSP to GameStop like a piece of shit. Damn it, And then I got another one. Now its battery is exploding in someone else's house now. (laughs) I did. I took the battery out. Uh, It's in my basement. So That's good. God willing. uh, Those things are getting uh, puffy all around as far as I understand. And you can't. No, you can still buy. Unlike Nintendo, they did leave the PSP store up. (laughs) And they're not closing it down uh, for the foreseeable future. But I do think a big part of me thinking uh, mini discs were very cool probably had to do with the Matrix, along with let's, about yeah, a, a dozen other things. Um, let me let's, let's list off a list of yeah. Uh, let's do our Matrix right, so history stuff. No, 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 maybe before. Yeah. Just just off the cuff. Mm. Hold on, we're gonna do Ben. We're recording this on a new device that has a yes. built-in soundboard. That's right. Oh yeah, we're, we should definitely abuse that. All right. So I'm gonna try. Let's see if I can do this. All right. Um, and now our favorite segment: things from the Matrix, cool or not. Thank you. Thank you, audience. I'm really into this. <laughs> uh, I still think so, you should use the fake Seinfeld music there, but that works too. Yeah. All right. So our next segment is <laughs> Matrix. Things in the Matrix 1, cool or not? It's going to be a short segment because the answer is yes. Right. <laughs> Nothing has aged about that movie at all. Right. all. Uh, <laughs> except Keanu. Oh, shit. You got, you got me. <laughs> okay. 
uh, phones that slide open. That's still cool. This phone is shit. I'm holding my smartphone. It's yeah, garbage. Doesn't even, it doesn't even snap open. open. It yeah. doesn't look like a switch blade. Because those weren't flip phones. They were like... They were like slide phones. Were they Nokia? They were Motorola. No, yes, they oh. were Nokias. The the ones they made for Reloaded, which are way dumber looking, yeah. are Motorola's. Uh, the motor, Those ones look like walkie-talkies, and they're terrible. All right. Shootouts in places where columns disintegrate. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Very Especially cool. when you see how much... I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing about The Matrix. That, that, it, that was so cool that Remedy said, let's make a game yeah. about it. Nor, or 3D Mark was like, hey, how should we test? Uh, 3D Mark 2001 was like, how do we test your graphics card <laughs> in 2001? We- <laughs> the answer, obviously, is to make The Matrix lobby scene basically with Max Payne in it. Fuck it. <laughs> and Why it works. Um, hacker shit. Uh, yeah. Hacking, always cool. Hacking the planet, pretty cool. Always cool. All that soundtrack's so good. Hey, Ben, what about 9 to 5 desk jobs? <laughs> Cubicle, not more like a no. I got nothing. Cube farm. Yeah, there you go. That that is one thing that I think has aged a lot is the cube farm kind of idea. That was definitely a big '90s motif, office space and whatever. But I think as we got to the nightmare that was the dot com boom and open offices and such became more popular, that kind of came to characterize the corporate horrible structure I as opposed Silicon to the Valley, like. Which, so the best part about that is that you have the Matrix and office space, right? Which are contemporary, right? Pretty much, yeah. 90, uh, when, I think they're both 99. 99, actually, right? Yeah. So th- th- there's a big backlash against cube farms. Yeah. And then it's like, no, man, like, fuck, working nine to fives, blah, blah, And then Silicon Valley took that, which is also my yeah. judge thing, and said, actually, what this if is also fucking All games. these idiots sat on, like, bouncy balls <laughs> in a big open workspace. Hey, like, I love working here, but where's my big bowl of candy? <laughs> my favorite uh, character from Silicon Valley, the guy with the pants, uh, the chair the, pants. The, the, he has the built-in chair. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, he... Sh- there's a weird overlap. Sorry, this mm. is sidebar. Weird overlap between Silicon Valley and or Mike Judge characters and mm. Righteous Gemstone, yeah. like Danny McBride characters. Well, I think I think Keith, Keith could be a Silicon definitely. Valley character. Well, I think Mike Judge and Danny McBride have a affinity for Southern dirtbags, and they both are very good at. But also writing not them. judgmental. No, in no. some of their characters, they're not judgmental. I mean, in some characters are yeah. very judgmental, but some but characters they find them no, they, amusing. Yes, in they, a way they that exist. is. Yeah. They don't know any better. They just exist. Anyway, right. um, what what other cool shit from the Matrix? I mean, leather. Lots of leather. <laughs> Lots of pleather. <laughs> See, this is the problem, though, is that trench coat, the trench coat thing, right? So the trench coat mafia, yeah. like that, you ha- you would have had to have been alive in 99. Yeah, because like, it was I don't like. Know, these kids are talking about Doom and they have trench coats. Columbine is like April of 99. We should Holy probably shit. check this out. But I believe the Matrix comes back out a couple weeks after uh, Columbine. And, uh, you know, obviously it was blamed along with Doom and all the other stuff for it. Um, But it was definitely like, honestly, I went as Neo for Halloween uh, that year, which was probably ill-advised because I was too old to be trick-or-treating. But I definitely had a trench coat and they were like orange guns, but I had fake guns on the inside and everything. Uh, And I thought it was very funny. Um, Probably in poor taste, but I was 13, 13, yeah. Oh, Ben, you're fine. Yeah, it's fine. I trick-or-treated with friends... Well, into my 15, 16? Yeah. And then, just, then it was like, actually, let's just hang out at a person's house on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. We don't actually to need to go around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I think we actually had, we had, did you ever play Manhunt? Uh, yeah. So we had, on Halloween, we would stop trick-or-treating and we would just play Manhunt in a neighborhood. That's a pretty, uh, yeah. And that was great, uh, except we would go into people's yards and shit. I can't endorse that because now you you will probably get shot. I was going to say, there's a higher likelihood you will be totally Yeah, you'll shot. just get shot. But... You know, and unlike the Matrix, you will not be able to to do the dodge no. thing. So, uh, but I now hear me out. I'm mm. not. I am not ironically quoting the new Matrix. Mm-hmm. Is it 
resurrections or is it resurrection resurrections because they've not, all been plurals. It's re, well, no, reloaded, revolution. No, I guess they haven't been. This is the only one. Never mind. Yes, resurrections. Resurrections. Bullet time, the camera technique, mm-hmm. pretty fucking cool. Very cool. And then, unfortunately, done to death and parried. Yes. Parried. I mean, this is the, the, the great thing about The Matrix. I mean, not only is it a great movie, it's very entertaining or whatever, but it also informed every movie, more or less, for the next 10 years in some way or another, either in aesthetic, special effects, I wish the martial arts part actually continued and, and martial arts movies in the well, U.S. actually but got remember, good. At but... the same time, what was um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Like the wire work. Right, there, right. There was, it was such a weird – the DNA of all that stuff is so weird. Then right. Jet Li was like a thing for a while. Well, and the, the idea but... was um, – you know, not the idea. It's what they actually did. But the Wachowskis were way into Hong Kong, Kung Fu Sin and whatever. And so they wanted – you know, the principals, at least, Lawrence Fisher and Carrie yep. Moss and Keanu and Reeves to... loved anime. To, uh, yeah, and anime and Ghost in the Shell and all this other stuff. And they wanted to... Obviously, this movie is a pastiche of all the stuff that they liked. But they wanted their actors to actually fight because that doesn't happen a lot in Hollywood movies. If you watch most of them... And especially I've noticed watching um, action movies from the 90s, uh, they suck as action movies. Like, generally, Whoa, they can be good movies. What are we talking? What are we talking? Like, but Point like, Break is a great fucking movie. Point Break's a great movie. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of ones in shit. there. Uh, but I was watching, like, just, like, stock stuff, like Demolition Man. I was I watched oh, over the quarantine. Right. It's a cheesy movie, but, like, Taco just, Bell. just the way they shoot action in that movie, it's always just a hero shot of, like, him firing a gun. There's no kinetic movement to it. Actually, there is one scene in that movie where Dennis Rodman... <laughs> uh, who is the bad guy? Oh, sorry, no, it's Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, dude. An actual martial but, artist. But basically could have been a stand-in for Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. yeah, he's supposed to be Dennis Rodman, but he's right. played by Wesley Snipes. Right. But he's a real martial artist, right? And so there is a scene where he's like, he's in the Museum of the Future in Demolition Man. He's getting all the guns because all the guns are in a museum. And there's like these planes of glass and there's a bunch of play between the glass falling between them and stuff. And I'm like, this is actually pretty good. And I think the only reason they were able to do it is because Wesley Snipes is already a martial artist sure. uh, and could do his own stunts or whatever. But the thing about The Matrix that was so big uh, and the, the thing that I wish it had carried forward is that everybody did their own fight scenes. Hugo Weaving, uh, Carrie Moss, Keanu Reeves, and Lawrence Fishburne. So were the scenes written for them or was it vice versa? Like they had to adapt to the role. So they do trained for like six months, basically. I remember that. Before. Yes. And, and I don't know if you've ever watched uh, The Matrix Revisited, which is like a documentary. That was back when special features were not just part of DVD sets. It was like... The Matrix sold so well on DVD, they were like, we need to put another DVD out. Let's just put this making of documentary, and that's like a separate DVD. Um, it's in all the sets now. But uh, but there's it's a great documentary. It's a really good, like, just... Because it's right when they're starting to make the sequels, but they haven't, like, actually made them yet. It was when Warner Brothers were like, oh, oh it, there's, more. Oh, there's money here. Yeah, so they're just getting ready to, like, start training for the next one. But, like, Keanu Reeves did uh, most of the training for that movie with his neck broken from a motorcycle uh, yeah, accident. Yeah, he had a he, he had a brace yeah. on, so that's why he kicks so much in the movie. He doesn't really do any upper body fighting. Um, that dovetails beautifully with Resurrections, right? By exactly. The way. <laughs> yeah, know, all that motorcycle stuff in Resurrections, I, I feel like must have something to do with that. But uh, it's just really impressive just to see them. They're so good. Uh, at training and it with no guarantee that this would be a tent pole right with no guarantee that this would be a tent pole because yeah the thing that's wild about uh the matrix is it's their second movie um they had written a couple of spec scripts before that and basically they brought warner brothers the matrix and like we want to do this and like we don't trust you (laughs) and so they're like okay we have this other lesbian neo-noir called bound we'll make that it's cheap we all we need is joey pants and two other people and we'll make it it takes place in an apartment 
And that'll show you that we can make a real movie. And that movie fucking owns. I've never seen you it. You should see Bound. Bound's really good. What, all right. A, it, this, I don't know if it's contemporary. Contemporary. What mm. is the Christian Bale one where he's a future cop? Uh, Equilibrium. Is and that that's contemporary or is that later? Post-Matrix. That's like 2001 or two. I was in high school. But it's definitely like Christian Bale oh, with yeah. a gun. That is probably heavily... one of the most Matrix yeah. connected films. I was going to say. Era, where it's like the but gun. still not the Matrix. Gun Kata is what they called it. The, mat- the, the Oh, you could spin the bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, still you not curve the bullets. Still not the Matrix because you know they had uh, Yen Wen Ping, who is like a, a world famous martial arts. He did the choreography for Crouching Tiger and all manner of other great movies. And so that's the other like special part of the Matrix is just the fight scenes are so fucking amazing, and you still watch it today, and it still oh ben, holds up like crazy. Uh, trance slash house music. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Right. I mean, they that movie even still kind of <laughs> makes did, Dragula by Rob Zombie. How cool. did How did they not get Darude Sandstorm in there? <laughs> it was not cool enough. I they couldn't know. afford it. Sandstorm predates, but Matrix, they got uh, they got a couple of prodigy tracks. There's a bunch of good stuff in that in that uh, in that original Matrix. So soundtrack. real quick, yeah, to bring some structure to this <laughs> chaos. I have only ever seen my quick history. Yeah, Matrix good. came out. Mm-hmm. I did not see it in theaters. I wasn't old enough. Yeah, as you say, you're a little younger than me, so I I had to have my mom take me to see The Matrix. Got it on DVD, watched that shit, and was like, oh my, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, We, this is around the same time J-Lo's Waiting for Tonight. Yeah. Like, you just think, just in the 90s, you're like, okay, I'm going from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Culturally, I'm going from Are You Afraid (laughs) of the Dark and like Point Break. I love Point Break. It has a deep place in my heart. That's my movie. That's my Keanu movie. And then it's him. As Ben, bear in mind, I'm like 13, so I know Keanu from Point Break. It's, yeah, you know, whatever. It's weird. I know him more for Speed, but Speed po- as well. Point Break is and a way Dennis, better movie. Dennis Hopper in Speed getting fucking beheaded by yes. that overpass. Anyway, it's great. I, so Keanu Reeves, your stand-in action guy. No offense. Yep. This is the thing with Bram Stoker's kind of a, kind of a meathead. Yeah, he's a meathead. You go to the Matrix and you're like, wait, wait are we all? Fu- are we? Is this fuck? Like, yeah, the fucking mind fuck that that movie is when you're in an impressionable age and you're trying to make sense of things. Yeah, and you're like, oh, and they're like, hey, what if? Hey, you're nine to five that you're working. It's just a fucking simulation. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Elon Musk also saw the Matrix. I was going to say there are plenty of people who took the Matrix too seriously, <laughs> as did most of the people on 4chan and took all the wrong things. Yeah. That, we'll get to that. That's in the back half. That's of this later. That's, that's later. later. That's what the re- Matrix Resurrections yeah. is more concerned um, with. Uh, but you watch it and you're just like, oh, oh, shit. This yeah. is it was okay. A right. watershed moment yes. in action filmmaking. Or seeing like boot, a bootleg version of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. So at the same time, this is all for me in Fight Club. All the same, like around that four to five year period where you're really impressionable and you're just like, yeah. also, not to get into this, Metal Gear Solid 2 mm-hmm. at the same time. And 2000, you're like, oh. 2001 is when that one comes out. But yeah. Also, 9-11 happens and you're like, I don't know about this. Yeah. That's a cocktail. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, so for me, it's Matrix. So to go back with yeah. Keanu, Point Break, Speed's in there, but I don't. I don't watch. I watch Point Break every year. That's so good. Speed. It's a. It's a commitment because that fucking movie is so long. But for a nineties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speed's in there, but it's for me. Speed and uh, talking about nineties action movies, I revisited recently and like don't hold up. Speed also doesn't. No, of course not, because it's a fucking shelf product. I mean, it's a dumb movie. The whole premise is kind of dumb in its way, but it's just not that entertaining. Which I thought was like, damn, I remember this being way better, and it's just not. But anyways, continue. So, Point Break, that's my Keanu Reeves entry point as a mm-hmm. young man, to Matrix, which is like, holy shit, hacker shit, Linux, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I never watch anything other in the Matrix universe other than the one Animatrix. Oh, wow. Seriously. Yeah, The yeah. one Animatrix where it's a detective 
That's the <laughs> one that the Cowboy Bebop guy made. Yep, but he's fucked. Yep, he's, and it's he's all that. Else. He's, he's trying to find Trinity. He's trying to find Trinity, and Guess he's what? just fucked. He finds agents. They don't care for it. No. He's dead. But that story, like that, and then now I jump to Resurrection. Wild. Resurrections. And that's it. That's my entire timeline. I I just have no reloaded and all that shit. I just never. Even it's so the Matrix funny on- to me, by the way, that you are wearing a Zion National Park t-shirt right now. <laughs> because oh, Zion is the shit. city. It's the last human city. And it, uh, a lot of both those movies take place in Zion. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Because I didn't want. I didn't want anymore. I wanted. Because well, one is such a perfect self-contained story. Absolutely. It is a one. To me, it's a one shot. And Resurrections is just like a remix of that. And this is the thing I've come to. So my Matrix history is is I saw The Matrix in 99 mm. in theaters. What about Keanu? Back up. Oh, yeah. And Keanu I had known from uh, uh, from Speed primarily because I loved that movie when I was a kid. Um, I don't know why exactly. I mean, it was, well, it was also on all the time. Yeah, it was on all the time. It was on HBO and and, and he was very cool in it. Like he, the thing, the funny thing going back and watching Speed uh, to bring in Point Break is that he is just playing a shitty version of Johnny Utah in that movie. In Speed, he is but, super boring, but he's the same kind of like hot shot cop, blue flame special, yeah, whatever but, the fuck. But, but he, will, there's no, there's no, he just doesn't have any chance to do anything with it. And there's no characters for him to play off really, except for Sandra Bullock and point break works because it is the classic. It is. I'm not going to say it's Donnie Brasco. It's not. No, but so good. It's so good. But the, 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 his name is Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. He is acting opposite. Fucking Patrick Swayze. Well, and also and uh, Gary Busey, (laughs) Gary Busey. And you're just like, what the Like for me, point break I don't even want to say how much it impacted my what I thought about the world as a teenager because yeah, yeah. it makes me cringe deeply. It also has such like it's one of the great endings of any action film, like period, full stop. It's so good, and it's and, and it's fun. You know, I mean, uh, that's a movie that like I didn't know a woman directed that forever. A woman and directed then, for me the the formative '90s movies, Point Break and American Psycho, yeah. both directed by women, and the women characters way more deep than fucking right. Speed. If you want to compare Speed, like Sandra Bullock's character. Well, and the thing that's pointless, and this is only stuff I've kind of come to learn in very recent times when kind of going down a little bit of a James Cameron rabbit hole, along with a, um, a Catherine Bigelow rabbit hole because they were married. Uh, at least they were married and then not married. Yeah, I mean, like Jim Cameron's had like five wives because he's a big fucking asshole, basically. So he has um, more wives than Avatar. <laughs> exactly. Wait. He's a difficult man. Oh no! Oh no! There we go. There Thank we go. you. Okay, we'll, we'll fix it in post. Boom. Um, that she, you know, she was a, she helped him write scripts and like, you know, he, his production company owns all her early movies, which is unfortunately why they are not on DVD, not out of any spite. It's just because he only puts out like the best, best, best versions of his movies. So that's like this year we might get a version of The Abyss that has been on shelves for like seven or eight years. And The Abyss isn't even that good of a movie. But uh, so, you know, she made uh, Near Dark, which is a vampire movie that's really good. Uh, before Point Break, and then that was enough of a success that she got the budget. Oh my god, she made um, Near Dark. Yeah, Near Dark, which is amazing. Did you see a Red Letter Media review about it? I can't see that movie. It's impossible to find. (laughs) I've been wanting to. And it's not... It's not impossible. Well, yeah. No, you're right. It's not impossible. I'm winking, Wink. I'm winking Wink. into the microphone. <laughs> um, but like I did this with Strange Days, which is her cyberpunk movie from like 96, which fucking rules. is so good. Oh and my is, god. Keanu Reeves was in Johnny Mnemonic. Right. Johnny Mnemonic. Oh my god. Right around that time as well. I, so I didn't see Johnny Mnemonic until after we, I did like a cyberpunk. When Cyberpunk 2077 came sure. out, I revisited sure. a bunch of stuff and, and revisited Johnny Mnemonic. And that is a glorious piece of cheese. Like so dumb, but also it has a fucking cyber dolphin in it, and 
that weird like fiber optic thing you can cut people's shirts with in Cyberpunk that comes from Giant Mnemonic yeah. and like the whole plot of Cyberpunk 2077 of Keanu Reeves being in your head and killing you is essentially what's happening to Keanu Reeves in Giant Mnemonic. He has too much data in his wetware in his head and he's got to get to the corp and Ice Cube and Henry Rollins are going to help him. You know, the more I describe this movie, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> but um, but yeah, okay. So Henry Rollins had a moment, huh? Yeah, I, I I like Henry Rollins as an actor. I like Henry Rollins as I don't you know I don't hate Black Flag or anything, but I don't I'm not my big, the biggest fine. fan. But I do like him as an actor a lot. <laughs> He's really fun. But anyways, bring it back. Uh, point, so the thing with Point Break is just like how impressive an action movie it was, still is. And then at the, you know learning at some point in my teen years that like whoa a woman direct that that's crazy because it's such a like high octane movie like and the stunt work is so fucking good especially the skydiving and that fucking chasing. Just, yeah, that foot chase is amazing. Like, it's just... Um, and it's funny, because Heat is in there, too, for my things. But I'm like, yeah. I keep coming back to Point Break. And yeah. Point Break is, like, the pure action movie out of that kind of era. Yeah. Like, probably one of the best pure action I, movies I just sent a meme today of to one of my coworkers of hmm. Al Pacino and Heat being like, don't waste my motherfucking time! My motherfucking time! Um, and I'm just like, man, Al Pacino is really going for it. Yeah, it's, um, it's at the beginning of his going forward phase. But, Another movie... But action movie... So, to bring all this around, yeah. action movies were many things. Yes. And then The Matrix was like... But what if? <laughs> all right, I'm going to say a bad word here. Mm-hmm. You, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm bracing myself. The Matrix... I don't even know if I want to say this. <laughs> ben, would you consider The Matrix as the Joe Rogification of the action movie? I do not like where you're going with this. <laughs> do not care for it. Ben, listen... Yeah, they're shooting guns, mm-hmm. and yeah, they're shooting people and dodging bullets, but right, have right. you ever thought about uh, it? See, here's the one problem. <laughs> the Matrix isn't a meat-headed idiot. It's actually a Whoa. smart movie that also happens to be a fantastic action movie. Ben, what if you could dodge ivermectin pills in <laughs> real right. time? No, I wouldn't want to dodge them, John, because they're going to cure my COVID. Duh. <laughs> fucking hate uh, I hate this timeline. Wow. Yeah, there, that's you, sp- you sent me. I'm, like, discombobulated here. Uh <laughs> So, anyways, you come to the Matrix, <laughs> and I see it, and uh, yeah, like I say, my mom took me to saw it because I couldn't, and I saw like that what was one of the thing? the great. She loved it too because she's yeah. a smart person with good taste. Oh. Um, but it was like that was a great piece. That was a year also ninety nine had some really amazing pieces of movie marketing, which is this is a dumb little thing I'm interested in. But the Blair Witch Project and the Matrix both have these intensely mystery focused. I know. Uh, I'm not, I just realized what I'm going to use for the intro. I'm uh, going to use Quentin Tarantino talking about it. And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> there I, we, were sitting there. we didn't know. Yeah. And it, it, they, they fucking pulled it off because I saw that commercial during the Super Bowl that was like fucking Trinity running away from the agents, jumping through that window. What but is see, the Matrix that- com? And I'm like, what the fuck is the Matrix? I don't I didn't even have like Internet access really at that point. So <laughs> same, I couldn't go same, to the website same. and find out. And it just, it was such a, like, you know, everything you saw about it looked cool as shit, but you didn't know what it was about. She's wearing skin-tight, the, shiny the PV, leather. The PVC suit. So and clearly, and again, not to diminish the Wachowski siblings' contributions, yeah. but some, the marketing people at Warner Brothers were like, we, Listen, ha- we fucking got something. We got something here. This lady, she's cool, she's hot, she's jumping through windows with guns. People are going to want to see this movie. That fucking, like, that, that place that she's in is so grimy yeah. and shitty. I love it. I mean, and that's, we'll get to that when we get to yeah, yeah. The, the actual yeah. movie we're supposed to be talking about. But, the modal, right? But the, um, yeah, yeah. But the, 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 you know, see that movie and it just fucking mind blower. Like, it was 
such a cool action the movie. Fucking ending, but the has rage against the machine. Yeah, ben. it's amazing. I mean, that's the thing, and that's the thing we'll talk about with the Wachowskis throughout their career. Is subtlety has never ever been a thing they do because they are maximalists. They always have been. Yeah, but and they've only gotten more maximalists. Ben, have as you ever gone listened on. to a hundred Gex? <laughs> yeah, right. Maximalist, mac, maximalism. If you know what it is, is fucking fine. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know, and if it, if you it, know what it is, it takes a lot of fucking panache to pull it off it's not you can't just throw everything up there well you can't you can't go halfway right uh you cannot half if they had done halfway matrix where trinity was like a you know let's say damsel in distress trope right, right? you have the tropes of like like a it? normal action movie with a with love interest and and you know hey we're, we're getting to get together for one last job like right. all that shit like no no it can't but instead no. they create it this can't be this great story and this great like has this amazing turn 45 minutes in where it just goes like you don't have any fucking idea what this is and it just like but everyone in the latter half of that movie in the real world looks yeah. like shit mm-hmm. which a stallone would never agree to which right. an arnold schwarzenegger would never agree right to. right yeah and, right. And, and it's also like an ensemble cast as opposed to focused on one person i mean neo is the like you know the catalyst of the story but like the yeah, whole but crew trinity, but trinity trinity and neo are morpheus are just as important and Fuck. Uh, even thinking about it now, I'm just like, man, that really like I, that shaped how I thought about women or like what I wanted in a in a right. I mean, it, it's right? it's like, contemporaneous with like Buffy and other characters like that who are who are uh, you know butt kicking ladies, which was like a big sort of thing. Yeah, I but mean, Trinity, but also like Trinity had agency, right? In that plot, she was like, no, no, we've been working. Well, and this. and to bring it also bring Cameron into it a little bit, like his one of his major uh, archetypes is that character. I mean, Sarah Connor and Ripley are like the two big ones, but like Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 is one of the most influential performances on me as a kid. Linda Hamilton ever. Like she is so amazing. And I, you know, I watched that movie when I watched a bunch of Cameron stuff uh, over the last year. Did you watch Terminator 2 first as a kid? And yes. then Terminator, oh, absolutely. as did I. Yeah. As most, did I. I think most people our age watched Terminator 2 because it was the, it's weird, you call them both family friendly because they're both very violent movies. But like Terminator 1 is just a hard edge fucking horror movie. They're like, hey, Cameron, we have X amount of money. And, and, and T2 is a little cuddlier, you know, makes the Terminator a little nicer. He's a dad, you know, uh, but all the hard edge kind of shit is kind of passed on to her. Yes. And she just, it's just one of those performances that when I saw it as a kid, I was just like, holy shit. And then they, you t- can then do they, that. Then they torpedoed the series. Uh, yes. Over, times. And over, over and over and over, and over, over again. again. But Terminator 2. Hot take. Much. I liked the Christian Bale one. Uh, the, is that the future one? It Genesis? was Genesis. Uh, I liked the character that didn't know he was a, a fucking synth. Yeah, that was great. yeah. There's always like been, and then guess what? The new Blade Runner did it way better. Right, right. Like, well, they just were like, and every Terminator yeah. movie since then has essentially tried to reset the timeline back to Terminator Two, and then they like they kill John Connor. John Connor's a Terminator. Don't, I don't care. Uh, there's I a don't whole. Give a shit. I think the last one they made is like Linda Hamilton is in it as Sarah Connor, but she's just going through. She knows wasn't when Khaleesi all the Terminators are going to show Khaleesi, up. Sarah she Connor? was Sarah Connor in Genesis, which is the one that has John Connor as a Terminator. Uh, no, what's the one before Genesis? It's like the between one. It's not in the end war, but it's got Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's um, super gritty. I love that one. What is it? And that it's one got called? the fucking. It's got the real term. The guy. My favorite part of that world building. Oh shit! Hold on. Oh. Uh, the dumb soundboard's red. It's great. Uh, um, what I liked about it, it was just fucking like. Everyone was miserable. Like the guy didn't know he was a fucking. He was a resistance fighter, but yeah. he didn't know he was a machine. Why and can't I remember the name of that movie? My not my, Genesis, the one before that. My computer, no, my before that. My IMDb brain is not working here. But you're right. Well, it was supposed to be a trilogy, right? Because there was there was Terminator One, Two, Judgment Day, Three, Rise of the Machines, Four, which is the one you're talking about. 
and then Genesis, which is the the worst one, probably. Is that the one where John Connor's evil? That's the one where John Connor's a Terminator. Yes. What's the one with Khaleesi as Sarah Connor? That's one as well. That's Genesis. And then Dark Fate was the last one they made, and that's the one with Linda Hamilton just going through and killing all the... She knows when all the Terminators are going to show up, and so she's just, like, old and grizzled and, like, shooting them. It's it's not great. Which is funny, uh, what's her name? Halloween did um, a similar thing. Mackenzie Davis from uh, from Fault and Catch Fire is the good Terminator in that one. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which that's Which good. She's casting. a good actress. She's yeah. excellent, and she's like she has the physicality to be a yes. robot person. Absolutely. Yes. No um, man, dude. Like the one with Christian Bale is great because it's just fucking. It's kind of miserable. There's a guy who doesn't know he's a robot, and yeah. then he goes to like the battery of tests to right. prove it. And he's, yep. He gets stuck to a magnet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like much. Like, it's very much like they meet the real Arnold is like some southern yeah. kick. Yeah, which is like, fucking funny. And there's like a whole factory full of Arnolds, and this is when he was governor too. So it was. Yeah. Uh, eh, but his likeness was still anyway. Oh man, I, it's gonna kill me. Whatever. Anyways, the point, point is Matrix. So you're right, Ben. And, and, Joe, and Joe Roganization. The Matrix, <laughs> no, you take that back. <laughs> but the Matrix is obviously also something that uh, the Wachowskis love James, Cam- James Cameron movies because, like, the Terminator is a huge part of what the machines are in the Matrix. Like, they well, are a version of what Skynet is. I of. always thought that Hugo Weaving was perfect because he just has that fucking oh, he's so face perfect. that's just like Mr. Anderson. Oh. And he, when he's in the room with Morpheus and he's like, he just, you fucking yep. stink and you're just... That you, that you, whole I mean, and they replay a bunch of that stuff in Resurrections, but um, the modal, but it's 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 just you know. Long story short, The Matrix to me at the time was a perfect, amazing movie. It still is, and that's the thing that makes it so that I'm still excited about this series is because it's one of those movies that I can just say like that's a perfect movie. Everything about it works. There, it's perfectly paced. Every I'm time to, I've watched it, and I've watched it like probably nine or ten times now same and every time i get to the end i'm like oh wait this scene oh wait now this scene oh they're going to the right. train station i oh, got God, i got God, one God. scene that yeah. there is no build up to mm-hmm. they don't explain it they don't set it up it's the fucking helicopter slamming into the building oh yeah yeah and and here's my interpretation with the ripple it's yeah. the fucking ripple because there's no by the time that that happens you know that it's all an illusion right but the idea of this fucking helicopter slamming into the building and it doesn't break, right? No. And the idea that as a human, you're bumping into these constraints and you're like, oh, they didn't plan for this to happen. Right, right. That helicopter was not planned to smash into that building. And because of that, it kind of reacts he, like when you clip it, through an object in a video game, essentially. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that for me was just like, uh, oh, shit. And the glass yeah. does eventually break and blah, blah, blah. But, and like, uh, honestly, I think there is. So this is a weird thing. <clears throat> the, the Wachowskis have never done commentaries ever, except for. On the original version of The Matrix. Really? There is a Wachowski, at the time, Brothers commentary um, that is really great. Like, they're really smart, and they talk a lot about great stuff. But I think once they got enough clout that they didn't have to talk about their movie, they didn't really want to anymore. Why would you? And and they still maintain that. They still give interviews and stuff, but they're they're still very much like, we're not going to explain it to you, that kind of thing. But um, but I remember... Because, like, if you get the newer versions of The Matrix with the box, that's, it's not on there. It's a different set of commentaries. Um, but they talked about that, and they said, like, ultimately, it just looks cool. Like, it's kind of an anime flourish. I know. Um, but that's not the point. The point right. is how you see it, right? right? And and guess what? The stakes were so low for Warner Brothers. Not low, but yeah. kind of, that they were just like, you want to, yeah, fuck it. Put it in. Like, yeah. whatever. 
And, you know, so The Matrix comes out. I see it. It's amazing. It becomes this huge fucking hit. It's the highest uh, grossing R-rated movie of all time. Um, it just, it, it cleans up in a when way. When R ratings were profitable. Well, and it's wild, too. <laughs> and you look at now where, like, an R-rated movie is basically streaming fodder immediately because, yep. like, Deadpool, you can't, Deadpool if you can't. Deadpool made headlines for being R-rated. Exactly. It was like, whoa. Until, like, I think until Deadpool came along. Uh, the first Deadpool, I think The Matrix Reloaded might have been still the highest grossing R-rated movie prior to it. It's a sad state of affairs because now anything that's below PG, P, anything that is not PG-13 essentially is not going to go to that wide four quadrants. Does Disney release R movies anymore? No, not really. Like the only ones they... Even with Fox's... Even when so they, they purchased- inherited Fox's catalog, but they've been so shitty about it <laughs> where they like just kind of push movies into nothing. Like uh, I think the biggest release they did for a Fox movie they acquired is West Side Story. And even then they... That did not... Right, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Yes, right. yes. Which uh, <laughs> I love that movie. I saw it. I is it really, good? I really liked it. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. It's coming to Disney Plus on March 2nd. Okay. Which is the weirdest thing. I was like, why is it coming to Disney? Oh, right. They own it. Um that Simpsons gif you sent me yeah. was the most fucking bone-chilling. <laughs> it's a good one, right? <laughs> yeah, it made me LOL in real And then, life. of course, like after I sent that, I was like, oh, right, that's the Disney. They own Simpsons now, too, of course. Oh, it worked. Ben, it worked on like three levels, oh, yeah. like it's what like, you were saying. It's it the like, galaxy oh, brain yep, thing, yeah. Great. Um, but so, yeah, uh, so The Matrix is this massive hit. It affects we, popular shall we, shall culture. Shall we go to Resurrection? I will just quickly speed through the sequels. I saw the sequels when they came out. You like, saw them in theaters. The day they came out. The second they came out. Okay. And uh, I saw Re- Reloaded and was perplexed. I enjoyed... Was it all- not like a prequel, Star Wars prequel experience for no. you? No. Because I, I did the Star Wars prequel experience and I was like, what the fuck is this? No, it wasn't quite that because I did like plenty of parts like action-wise and stuff like that. It's just, it's such a talky, luxury. You know, if you want to apply a Joe Rogan label to anything, I might be that movie. Oh. Because well, it ben, just we're saying, we're talks calling, endlessly ben, about We're calling philosophy. the Joe, it's the Joe, I'm trying to get this to get traction. It's the Joe Roganization. Um, <laughs> he does not need your help. <laughs> he does not need your help. Ben, he had several of his episodes taken offline by Spotify. Yeah, because he's, he's a, a racist shitbag. <laughs> ben, he's in a tough spot. He's like he can N-word. fucking stay there. Anyways... <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> where this goes on Spotify, we're head to head with him, man. Um, That's true. <laughs> I hope he fucking hears it. Whatever. Anyways, uh, so the sequels were, were overleaden with philosophy. Uh, they definitely seem to take the compliment, not only that the action was super good, but that the philosophy was super interesting. And so they really doubled down on that for the sequels. Yeah. And I didn't really like them very much. Uh, I saw both of them. I saw, I remember being on a, a cross-country trip with some friends after high school. I saw The Matrix Revolutions in Las Vegas the day it opened. And ben, that sounds like hell. It's mystifying. <laughs> absolutely mystifying film. That and I just like hell. Didn't really know what to do with them. I was kind of bummed. I thought like, ah, this just didn't work. And, and But, you know, The Matrix is still perfect. And The Animatrix I really liked also, which was kind well, of this promotional thing that came out the Animatrix is the Simpsons intro of The Matrix because they, they had different people do. Basically, they, they you know, with all the money that they had on the table after The Matrix was such a huge success, they were like, do you guys want to do some? And this was the era when ancillary DVD media was like huge. Like if you can sell another yes. disc to people, yeah, like yeah, do it. Yeah. So you get your Chronicles of Riddick short movie, you get your uh, Starship Troopers anime movies, whatever. Anyways, so The Animatrix was this thing where they got 10 of their favorite uh, anime directors to make shorts. And they, they have really good taste. Like, there's a lot of really good names I in there. I fucking love the Watanabe The Watanabe one, one the, is, the is fucking LA, it's, amazingly it's, it's good. It's Chinatown, but at the end, it's horrible. I love... Uh, the Second Renaissance is great, which is like the... Pre, which is, is the, that the one that explains... That's the big lore dump. That's the one that explains I was, how so, the Matrix happened. I basically. think I saw that. It was fine. That one's... Yeah. That one is... But uh, for me... 
yeah. that one is intensely disturbing. Honestly, now I've watched it. I usually watch it's it when kind I watch. Of fucking it's incredibly horrifying. violent, yeah. and it's like it really does drill down to what happened and and the murder. You know, the first machine human murder is this horrible thing, and and. It, just the way that the the machines wipe out humans. Oh, is Ben, so... you love that, but not Will Smith's iRobot, right, which exactly. also talks about but the it's same thing. Similarly, Terminatory in that they just go fucking like wipe them out, and they do it in the most efficient, techni- technologically precise way, and it's they, very. Disturbing. They literally blot the sky out. Yes, they fucking hate. No, us. actually, we did that. All right. well, yes. Yeah. Yes. As a result of the conflict, the sky gets blotted yes. out. We're like, fuck this. Fuck solar uh, power. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh anyways, God. so uh, bumpy road. Human cells, right? And, uh, you know, decades later, they go, hey, we're going to make another Matrix movie. And it was like, uh, okay, so the Wachowski's involved. And it's like, no, it's this guy, Zach Penn, who's written a couple X-Men movies. He's got a treatment. And Warner Brothers is going to go forward with it. And then that kind of goes away. And, and, the, then, and, the, and, and all the executives are like, we need a new bullet time. Right. Well, no, I mean, this is like, <laughs> this is the thing that happens in the movie, The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, but the idea was that basically the Wachowski's always had first writer refusal. Yeah, so ex- sorry. So yeah. explain the Zach Penn timeline to me. Okay, I, don't, I know sorry. nothing yeah. so, about this. All right. So after the Matrix, the Bachowskis have the, both those movies. Even if they are not beloved in the way that the first one is, they still make a shitload still of money. Gross, yeah. And so they go on to continue to make their kind of infinite blank checks, where they just can make whatever they want. They make Speed Racer, which is this crazy Gonzo anime adaptation. They make fucking um, Jupiter Ascending, which is this crazy should be a comic book but isn't. Uh, they make. Cloud Atlas, which is this adaptation of a novel that's crazy also. like So they just do these huge big-budget projects. They never really move out of the big-budget space, but their movies get weirder and weirder and make less and less money. And... Um, the mark of a genius. Yeah. I mean, they, they just... They work with big budgets, and they are, like I say, not subtle. They are, uh, they are big, bold filmmakers. Is Cloud Atlas the one with the the uh, ship with a tiger in it? Or boat with a tiger in it? Or am I thinking I think of... that's Jupiter Ascending. No, that's, uh, damn that's it, Life I... of Pi. Life of Pi. Never yeah. mind. Sorry. Yeah. Um, anyways, so they, they keep making these movies. And, uh, you know, they don't really seem to ever have any interest in making more Matrix movies. The Matrix... Revolutions, the last movie in that trilogy, ends with Neo and Trinity both dying. It's a very definitive end to their story. Um, it continues on in the Matrix Online video game, but that I don't think is canon. Can, can we knock in? Don't whole worry about fucking it. thing. Don't yeah, yeah that it. doesn't matter. But anyways, that's the only Matrix stuff that exists from 2003 onward till okay. about now. And so, yeah, around, I think it was around like 2017, 18, they're like, they're going to go back to the Matrix. They're going to bring it back. They're going to... Uh, they got this treatment from this guy, Zach Penn, who did a bunch of X-Men movies and some other... Uh, so were they just executive yeah. producers or... I think so. Basically, they were like... They went to them and said, you guys want to make more Matrix? And they said no. And so they said, okay, well, we got another treatment. We're going to go with that. But you had the first right of refusal. So, oh, okay. And then I think okay. at some point, they sent that treatment to the Wachowskis and said, do you give this your blessing? And they said, no. Uh, but I guess Lily Wachowski, one half of the two... Uh, no, Lana Wachowski, excuse me. One of the half of the two said, I want to do it. Uh, or did she say, I will do it? I will do it. Fuck. You know, whichever. I'm not going to give my, we're not going to give our blessing to this treatment. Yeah. And I have an idea. And at this point, Lily and Lana are, they've kind of closed down the production company. They seem to be going their own separate ways. I don't know what the. But they also have Twitter and are horrified at what is happening. <laughs> right, right, right. They, and of course, they've they lived, lived through, through and they've lived through, and you know, since. The Matrix, the red pill, blue pill language has been co-opted by the right wing. There's been a bunch of stuff that has happened to what the Matrix was. Literally every fucking 
every wrong lesson you could pull from yeah. the Matrix has become mainstream. Like Matrix and Fight Club both share that legacy of being woefully misinterpreted by I I, I by would, dumb fucks. I would any fucking quote unquote alpha male four chan piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Please look up who Chuck Palnick is <laughs> and read anything else by Chuck Palnick. Yeah, you might and understand. get back to me. Yeah, yeah, and, and same thing with with uh, you know. Let me especially especially concerning sexuality. Actually, could you please read Fight Club? <laughs> read Fight Club. Anything. <laughs> anything with Chuck Palnick. Any of his essays. Anything. Read about sexuality. And then get back to me about red pilling. Right, right. And fucking. But like, yeah, red pilling. Like again, is such became such short. Well, that's not even enough now. Because now it's right. blackpilling. Right, right. Yeah, well, and especially because... And, and so they were vocal throughout that time, uh, being very disappointed that that's how that became uh, reappropriated. And, of course, you know, the irony of the right wing bringing this thing in from a, 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 a film made by two people who would be who come out as trans very qu- shortly thereafter. I, I think Lily uh, Lana came out before Speed Racer, and then Lily came out around Clad, Clad Alice, or maybe a little bit after that. But either way... It was just, you know, wildly misinterpreting the text, obviously. And so, yeah, they, they, they got this treatment from this guy, Zach Penn, and they said, no, uh, but I, Lana said, I got an idea. And so they said, all right. And I honestly, so when I was uh, getting ready to watch this movie, I was like, okay, it's probably a lower budget because, like, you know, they're not quite the filmmakers they were back then. Uh, it's only one of them. Uh, this is, you know, after they had made a Netflix show, you know, they were kind of um, called Sense8. Oh, which is, yeah, Sense8. You watched that, right? I like Sense8. But, and Sense8 actually probably is most like Matrix Resurrections in style and in tone and in just wild. Was that Netflix original? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was oh. one of their fr- – and that, that was back at the beginning of Netflix originals when they had – all the cash in the world to just fire hose to anyone. Hey Ben, you remember find. remember when EA was like, "We're coming back. We're <laughs> going to have all these original titles." Yeah, Mirror's yeah. Edge. Yeah, well, that's and what, this that's is what Netflix reminds me. Well, of. and Netflix at that point was just giving anyone yeah, money. They were that, like, "That we just, we need more content for our service. It just be more, more, more. How much is it? You want to film in eight countries? Fine. Here you go. Whatever. You're the Wachowskis. Do it." And that show, <laughs> well, the last two seasons, and it gets canceled because it was very expensive and yeah. not tremendously successful because it's pretty weird. It's kind of an X-Men-like show where basically these eight people all share their consciousnesses and can jump between them. Um, makes for some really cool fight scenes and editing. Uh, and, and and it's very Wachowski in that the power of love puts yeah, them sure. together and whatever. Anyways, yeah, yeah. so that, they were coming off of that. So I was figuring like, well, they're not going to have you know the budget they have for the old Matrix. Turns out they got a $160 million budget, which is more than either of the two sequels. Granted, inflation exists, so maybe it's around the same budget. For Resurrections? For Resurrections, resurrections? yeah. Holy which shit. I don't think necessarily looks as expensive as those old movies. But How much of that went into Keanu Reeves' retirement fund? I wonder. Like, I don't know Adam, if it was extra stuff, but I was surprised by the budget. But so anyways, I heard the budget, and then I heard, like, oh, uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are coming back. I'm like, holy shit. They fucking... These Canadians are coming back. Uh, Keanu has uh, has gone through his kind of uh, renaissance now with John Wick, and, like, he is beloved he, in a way that I, he definitely wasn't back I when don't the first wanna, I don't want to get out. into this. Mm. If he fucks this up... If he, if he, if this I think goes, he's too far in to fuck it up at this point. No, but listen, mm-hmm. if he fucks it up, the, the 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 line that is crossed is if no offense, he becomes Jeff Goldblum. He becomes a meme. Mm. Like I don't mean to shit on Jeff it, Goldblum. I, he's I, I think he's him, found him it. laughing at NFTs is the most fucking soul confirming, I mean, warm, he, bubbly he's, feeling. He's great. Like I think that's the thing that has changed since '99 when that movie came out. Is is people saw he's him? He's not great as Jonathan Harker. <laughs> no, but 
Is he though? Maybe he is. Um, Count, what have I done? What have I done? Disrespect. So, so the thing I always think it's interesting is he didn't change all that much as a performer. People no. just got used to him and like him a lot. They were working with a, a Keanu yeah. is Keanu. Yeah. And what you shoehorn him into is right. going to be. And there are gonna... things he can't do. One of those being accents, certainly. <laughs> but there are plenty of things he can do. And he, and especially as they've kind of let him kind of shed more of the action movie guy he was in the 90s to be just more of a, a, like a cool, confident dude. And also, like, physically, he's just, he's tall. He can I, do a, my, he, a lot of stunts for my, John Wick and stuff My knee jerk and... to Matrix, Matrix Resurrections was just like, that's my fucking guy. I don't know what, how else to explain it. Well, they make than... they keep him in the John Wick hair for the, for this, which I thought was interesting. Yes. Uh, and it might just be because he was shooting John Wick 4 at the time or something. But um, so anyways, yeah. So coming into this, he has he has uh, had re- been reappraised and people really like Keanu Reeves now, like just as a personality. I wouldn't not. Would you say wholesome? Yeah, I'd say like because the thing about him, I think that changed is again. I don't think his performance style really changed all that much. I think he just gave interviews and he came off as a much warmer and more friendly guy than you yeah. would have thought. And he's just kind of a cool California dude. Uh, he's Hawaiian actually, but either way, like he's just a cool surfer dude. Like that's who he actually is. And we all just caught up to it. I guess is what you'd say. So coming into this one, he's like kind of the big marquee name still. I love that they found Carrie Ann Moss and brought her back. She has not. Had the career I think she deserved because of The Matrix and Memento are like kind of the two movies she was in right I, around I there. Did, I did not know she was in Memento. Oh, yeah. She's I have not watched Memento. Um, she's uh, she's has some major voice work in the Mass Effect games. Like she's she's mostly just become. Who did she play in Mass Effect? Uh, she's uh, Arya to look. She runs at Omega. She's like the crime lord lady yep. who runs yeah, Omega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So she, she kind of just went into voice. Not to say the voice acting is like a non-career or whatever, but compared to being a movie star. She, you know, she just kind of faded in. And um, so when they got her back, I was like, that's great. I'm so psyched to see her back in, in, in a movie on screen. That's great. And so the movie, uh, you know, it's filmed. Uh, it filmed a little bit of it before COVID. Uh, that roof jumping scene at the end was very famously like shown on Twitter. They were showing it and, then, and doing it live. And this was pre-COVID. But mo- a lot of it was filmed during COVID from what I understand. And no one knew what the fuck it was. And it was just like, what, how do you make this movie with these two people specifically? Cause they died at the end of the, the last movie. Well, and so did they, so yeah, the first trailer for that movie comes out and it's just like, it felt to me. And I don't know if you watched that trailer when it came out, but it was <laughs> no, no. And so I had no interest. Ben, so, I had no interest. I was the hostile party. In and I was the guy who had gone over, you know, 10 years prior and been like, you know, the matrix sequels were bad, but they were poorly executed. They had a lot of interest. It's kind of what I say about the star Wars. Uh, prequels now too which is like there's interesting shit in there and honestly now seeing what Disney Star Wars has turned into I'm like boy I really wish someone just had an original idea here because this is just doing the same fucking thing over and over let again me, let me explain this Ben do you, have you ever listened to Ben Burr winning over that Philadelphia crowd you Bill Burr I'm sorry, Bill Burr. <laughs> yes. Have you ever listened to Bill Burr winning over the Philadelphia crowd? After no. he goes, he's like, the fucking Eagles suck. <laughs> and the entire crowd is like what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Bill Burr stand as a stand-up comedian is just doesn't care. Star Wars alumni also now. <laughs> uh, he is the the proof that space Boston exists. Yeah. But basically, long story short, please Google. I'm pretty sure it's Philadelphia. Please Google Bill Burr going to Philadelphia and saying the Eagles fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd hates him. Yeah. I'm the crowd. Yeah. Uh, Lana Wachowski is Bill Burr. And I'm yeah. like, no. No. Fuck you. You had your chance. I bounced off Speed Racer, even though John Goodman was So that, yeah, like, and that would be the bigger difference between two. I really love the post-Matrix output of them. I don't think Jupiter Ascending is, like, great. It's too goofy, but it is something. But I really love Speed Racer. I really love Clyde Atlas, and I really like Sense8. And so 
me coming into this, I was like, I... You were, you were willing to hear them out. Right. And so when the trailer came out, I was like, holy shit, what is this? And I watched it, and it had the same effect of like, I don't know what the fuck this is going to be. Like, they're in it. I think they're clearly in another Matrix, but I have no idea how they're going to make this a sequel. Because they said, like, no, this is a sequel to Matrix Revolution. The, the only thing that made me interested was like, oh, they brought back one of the Wachowskis to work on this Right. What, in my opinion. And that, that's the thing. If they had announced that as a new movie, even if it had Keanu and Carrie Moss in it, and it was like from so-and-so, the director, anybody else but the Wachowskis, I would have been like, boo, no thank you. Even though potentially that person could have made a more mainstream hit, probably. Um, yeah, but I don't – I'm fucking done with it. That's what's great tired. about this movie. I'm fucking tired of it. I'm yeah. fucking tired of these movies. So – I want I want the Venture Brothers, like, we're going to take this thing. Yeah. Venture Brothers – in Space Lab 2020, mm. uh, 2021, whatever, they took this thing and it was like, the thing we are taking, Yeah, I'm not going to say puppeting a corpse. If Warner Brothers had gone ahead with the Zach Penn script, yeah. that would have been puppeting Absolutely. a corpse. Absolutely. Lana is like, all right, here are the constraints. Right. We know that the Matrix 1 happened, and yeah, blah, 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 there's Zion. There's shit from yeah. the other sequels. And we did those sequels. But, and- but to appreciate Resurrection, you, Resurrections, you had to have had a deep appreciation for, for the, the fucking Matrix yeah. as a standalone thing. And also its cultural effect and what it left behind. You you have to understand that a, a tweet exchange between Ivanka Trump and Elon Musk is the most disgusting, fucking horrible... Both talking about taking the red pill and then Lily Wachowski just tweeting it, fuck the both of you. <laughs> you have to understand that, yeah. right? You have to understand... And that's kind of like, if you wanted a logline for what this movie is, it's that tweet exchange. It's like yep. these two right-wing shitheads being like, I'm taking the red pill. And then the creator of that being like, fuck you both. Why don't you understand that this is not what this means? Yeah. Um, and saying, I'm going to try I'm going to try to take this fucking thing... And get it back. And, and get it back. Yeah. Which is that there are... Ben, I shit you not... Mm. There are biblical stories about this, <laughs> yeah. that, right? The context of the Bible. We were talking about that thing of a creator making something and having it and saying, here it is. Here's this fucking thing I made. It's yeah. great. And then people taking it and twisting and it to like, their own fucking But way. actually, it would be better if it meant this for me specifically and yes. so on and so forth. And um, We're getting into the, the, the crux of it, which is, yeah. so real quick. Yeah. Knee jerk. We have, I'm going to give you 25 minutes. Okay. Now. Knee jerk reactions. As, there's two. There's two fucking places that mm. I want to go with this. First one is as a viewer watching a piece of content. What did you think? For me, yeah, you go first. For me, I know that Keanu Reeves has a motorcycle company, whatever the fuck. So like all this stuff. <laughs> I actually the, didn't know that. That's really interesting. I feel like he does. Like that seemed Google like a it. cool thing that Either a cool dude like him would do. But of course, Carrie Ann Moss is building motorcycles as her she main loves her job. Ducati. Well, and so I will say that's like a fairly direct reference to uh, Reloaded because in the the. <clears throat> she's obsessed with the motorcycle in the like car chase scene in that movie. And she's like, in the I, movie, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's like this. So there's this big highway chase in the matrix reloaded. Honestly, if you were to watch any part of that movie, just go. Is look that the up. one with the twins? Yeah. The dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've seen, you've that. probably seen that because yes. it's the best action scene from the sequels bar none. Okay. Um, but she has a whole scene in that where she jumps on a, a motorcycle that's on like a car carrier, drives it off, drives it backwards through traffic. It's fucking awesome. And it's like she's just like, I want to drive the. And it's the one part in the movie where she does the like, teach me how to drive a motorcycle. Blah, blah, blah. She knows how to do it. Like yes. that that great bit from the original where you can just learn anything uh, through the Matrix. And so I, I thought it was a reference to that, but it also could be many other references. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. All I'm saying is that I know there's a bunch of meta shit. Mm-hmm. But as oh boy, is that <laughs> right? Here's here's the dilemma. Yeah, here's the core dilemma with the piece of just as an audience member watching the piece of content. 
does the content measure up to what this represents meta? And I don't fucking mean Uncle Zuck's meta. Uh-uh. I mean literally. The actual Watching it minute to minute. Word. The action scenes are fine. Yeah. I was very entertained when Morpheus shows up and he's like, no, this like <laughs> this is fucking happening. And Keanu Reeves is like, no, I'm going crazy. I love that in the Matrix, <laughs> Keanu Reeves looks terrible. He looks like a fucking Jeff Bezos. Right, right, yeah. He really does. He's like bald. He looks fucking shitty. Yeah, and yeah. he jumps off the building. Um, or maybe maybe we can't separate the two. Maybe, well, maybe we can't separate the two. So that's a whole... I mean, you know, of course, the original Matrix uh, has been since read as a trans allegory. Because a lot it's been of it read is, as a trans allegory. Right. It's been read as a Christian allegory. Right, it's and that's, read, that's what makes that movie it's so It's been read as a Buddhist, a Buddhist allegory. Because it has so much stuff in it that yes. you can latch onto that it certainly supports all those readings. Um, and so residual self-image, the idea of what you look like in the Matrix versus what you look like in the real world. He looks like shit. He looks Obviously terrible. has some amount of uh, link in, in the trans community, the idea of like you see yourself one way, but you look at another way in that that conflict and so like the residual self-image in this movie is even more layered because you have uh what he looks like in the real world what he looks like to himself in the matrix and then what he looks like to everyone else in the matrix it made me feel <laughs> it made me feel bad I'm just like in my mind i'm still 25 ish i'm right. 24 25 yeah in my mind who i think i am and, and how i look yeah and then whatever you look in front of the mirror and you're just like oh uh, where did all that fuck age come from yeah but that's but that's not necessarily something to be afraid of right, right? and like, this movie embraces it very it directly especially it says, with how no they, motherfucker yeah. you're the sum of everything you go through this it is very consciously says that at the end yeah right and this is it, it reminded me a lot of uh twin peaks the return which is also a 20 ish year thing that came back and also the creator said if we if we do this yeah and don't watch it on your and fucking lynch, phone lynch as he's always been obsessed with how people look, uh, you know, he always has very interesting looking Kyle people M- in his movies. McLaughlin looks old. Yeah. And he... And literally, as Dougie, yeah. is not the person that he sees in the mirror. Right. And so a huge part of the return, just the milieu of it, is aging. Looking at all these people 25 years later and never being like... Yeah, but Laura Dern is... Well, she's ageless. But Come yeah. on. But, but, but like the thing that like the fucking Will and Grace reboot or any of the other reboots did where they're like, it's just another season of the show. We're not going to acknowledge that these people are fucking 10 years older. No. Uh, and Twin Peaks was one of the first ones I saw that was like, no, these people are older and we are acknowledging this. Yes. And and this one does that very effectively as well, I think. Um, but so anyways, to bring it back. You... Forgive me. A, a knee jerk reaction. right? Yeah. For me, the experience of watching it as a movie and there's action scenes and they're fine. Yeah. The Tokyo train thing. I don't know. It's in Tokyo. It's in Japan. Yeah. That to me was just like. That's like the one bad action scene. I I, I, not to be shitty, but like that was the dis, the dissonance of like, yeah, okay, I know there's they're not even real people, but you're still shooting schoolgirls. <laughs> yeah, like okay, fine. Because they turn into swarm mode or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the swarm mode, I'm just like, wow, are, are we really? That's the internet, zombies? man. That's a, that's a Twitter yeah, pile on fucking whatever. <laughs> and it's true. I, it's like the Wachowski stuff comes out, and I'm like, whatever. But the, for me, the scenes in the coffee shop, like. As an old man, I say this as a quote-unquote old man. That scene with him and Trinity, and they're just like, oh, this is so fucking weird. Like, I like this, and you like this. Mm. And, oh, my God. And it's like, it's literally like if you're reading a, when this was a thing, like a Craigslist misconnection. Yeah. (laughs) Where you're like, I was in... I was in the coffee shop, and I looked at you, and Mm. we didn't talk, but I could say... Right? Yeah. And, and like, as an old man, you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, that could have been something. Right. Um, It's... and it's like I, a, a, I, I I appreciate Red Letter Media reading it as a love story. 
Absolutely. And if you if you came into it, and I had to show my daughter this, and I was like, eh, there was this old fucking movie called The Matrix, and then, <laughs> eh, um, just as it on its own as a love story, mm. it fucking works. Well, I, and, and that that's without the meta shit, right? Right. I think it works. And so I'll say, With and zombie for, shit aside, I will bring in some uh, uh, some textual evidence here because yeah, Lana Wachowski on. did talk about why she came back to this and why she was. Did she say definitively? So yeah, and she said um, her. Uh, her mom and dad passed away within like six months of each other after Clyde Atlas, I think. Holy shit. Both Lily and Lana's moms, mom, uh, parents. And so um, she said that like in the, you know, in the absence of these people in their lives who were obviously very important, she was thinking about Neon Trinity again in a way that she hadn't thought about them since the original movies. And they put a bow on it. They didn't want to go back. And she's just like, I want to see these people together again. I want to bring them back together. I want to get them to talk. I want to. We killed them, you know? It was a tragic love story that happened in those movies, but and the plot demanded. But in the context of this huge thing. Yeah. And when you strip all that out and they're just in a coffee shop, right. it feels fucking nice. And that's it the thing good. that I think really, and that's like their later period work, especially Sense8, is very much about nothing else matters but human connection. Love is the thing that will save us all. That's like very basically what their ethos is. And it's very cheesy and it's very corny. And I get why people bounce off it. They did in Sense8. And it, Atlas. Atlas is all about like six different time periods all stretched across a thousands and thousands of years and how all these people are connected by this piece of music, essentially. That's a the, lot. The Cloud Atlas Symphony, right? Okay. Um, so that's always been at the core of their stuff, in at least in recent years, this okay. idea of connection that people will find each other over and over again. And that's exactly what this movie does, because it's like these people were dead. <laughs> fully dead and um, you see them getting rebuilt in a horrifying fashion in the movie but yeah but even now that you say that the robots aren't even the enemy anymore right exactly and that's and a, I fucking love that right. I love that those robots are actually like no we're bros and so that's the wild thing about this movie is like so I went and saw it day one because I was just like I gotta see what this is I lo- and I have it, I'm at the point with my Matrix love that I love 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 the original so much that I was more of a fan maybe than I would have been like five or six years prior when I had just thought of like, yeah, the sequel's kind of fucked it up, blah, blah, blah. But then I started watching The Matrix more as a nostalgia thing because, you know, I'm old. And But just coming back to it again and then be like, God, this movie is so fucking good. This has got to be like top five favorite movies of all time for me. The, the original. The original Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. Like I just yeah. think so highly of it. So I was like, I don't care if this movie is a fucking train wreck. I have to see it day one. And the, the trailers have been very elusive and don't tell you what the fuck it's about. You just kind of see like, well, he's back in the Matrix, but why? And I thought he was dead and et cetera. So anyways, I went and saw it in theater on opening night and <laughs> it was so, eh. so between the two of us you're a ma- you're the matrix shit. oh absolutely okay yeah. i right. could keep All going right. we don't have time for me to keep going Fine. but either way um i went and saw it and it was a not packed theater but full enough and uh did people not, did you feel people not getting it around so you? it was wild like i was fucking into it i was yeah. like fucking smile on my face the whole time i was like yeah. this is wild i love this I, like you know i had some criticism like the action doesn't look as good and some other things but like just the concept of it i was just so into it and i you know there were a couple people during the movie let you know people were into it enough to be reacting and then we got done and like me a guy like in the far front and a guy in the far back get like a smattering of applause and everybody else got up and left. And I was like, this? I was like, yep, that sounds about right. Um, that um, opening. Yeah. And we're not going to fucking go beat by beat. No, but that opening so watched, is amazing. I watched it literally holding my daughter. Mm-hmm. My daughter is four months old. She's a little peanut. She was not, she was not like watching it consciously and I'm watching it and she's on me in the carrier. Yeah. 
And it gets to uh, who I will always associate as a fucking space Nazi, Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, he's such a good space Nazi. That movie, but again... People, again, people don't understand that Neil Patrick Harris can arch-villain the fuck it up. So That's the point. The point and the best part that's about the whole fucking point. his role in this movie and in Starship Troopers and a lot of his best roles is he is really good at taking what you find objectionable about him and cranking it up just in the right way. It's like a sliver when you're like, ow, what the yeah. fuck? Because he, looks- he seems... I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't... He's He seems like kind of a... Not a dick, but just kind of... I don't know. I don't, he made his, dude, he as made a his, dude, I don't like, I'm not like, oh, I love him like I love Keanu. But ben, name, as a performer? Name, name another man, name another person <laughs> mm-hmm. who has, he fucking, he's on a syndicated TV show, mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother, yeah. who has also worked with Paul Verhoeven. Name one. Uh, it. well, that's. Name one. Uh, Elizabeth Berkeley. See? Elizabeth Berkeley was on Saved by the Bell and in Showgirls. There you go. Fuck, God Done. damn it. <laughs> All right, I gave Ben a fist bump. There we go, yes. <laughs> All I'm saying. Yes. To to have the balls to be... He literally dresses as an SS officer mm-hmm. in Starship Troopers, and Starship Troopers, the entire movie is a... Yeah. We're yeah. going to kill the bugs, wink, right, wink. Right, right. We're definitely not a nationalist also, Nazi... Also, this pe- is what fascism looks yeah. like. <laughs> this is not a fucking handbook to identify fucking fascism. Yeah. Right? Didn't work, really, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, well, that's cause, another because critics are fucking morons. Yeah, yeah. Hey, here's a hot take. Yeah. Critics are fucking morons. Starship Troopers and if was you look at the origi- hated if when it came out. You look at the original reviews and you're like, oh, you didn't get you guys it. Guys are but idiots. The, but the internet didn't really exist yet to be like, you guys right. don't get it. My favorite story about Starship Troopers is Paul Verhoeven getting the book, reading four pages of it, and literally throwing it in the trash. And being like, oh, he's a Nazi. He's like, oh, this is fascist bullshit. And then they're like, yeah, but think of what you. And then then he his his crazy. Dutch brain started going. And and we could, what we if could we made it, it satire? <laughs> I, don't, I can't do. Overhoven has such a like specific Danish accent. I, I can't do, do. I will just do a generic German evil person. Yeah. We could. I would. No, buy, you do like gold member. That's basically oh like a Danish version. I could buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The screenplay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, Neil Patrick Harris as the just fucking because he doesn't he doesn't have any action he scenes. He is the as analyst. Far, That's what they call him. Quote right? unquote the analyst. And basically he's the architect. He is the character from But it's so much less douchey. Right, because the, the architect, architect was the most painful yeah. The Architect was a computer program who created the Matrix. Yes. Uh, along with the Oracle. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna do a lore bomb here real quick. Yeah, but so he he it. he shows up in Matrix Reloaded when Neo gets to like the end of the Matrix to shut it all down. This guy's sitting there in a room full of TVs and he's like, "Huh, you know, it's funny. This has happened six times before. You always make this choice, but this time because of Trinity, you're going to make this choice, and that's the whole plot of those two movies." But he's dryly explains what the Matrix is, how it's we've tried several times. It keeps the blah blah blah, whatever. He's very analytical. Uh, he's a computer program. Let's he acts like that, and he's the part of the Matrix Reloaded that most people fucking hate absolutely hate because it's just so dry it's a huge lecture it's very hard to follow he uses big dumb philosophical language that the wachowskis also love and i think is obtuse but they clearly have a thing for it but so anyways the matrix at the end of revolutions gets shut down essentially they neo is like hey smith is going crazy he's taking over the matrix i'll stop him but you have to give everyone the choice to leave the matrix that's the deal they end revolutions on and that's important because it does factor into this yeah. movie okay sure. um and so the machines go cool okay that's fine we'll put you back in and and we'll restart the matrix and it'll be a different matrix and uh the architect shows up at the end of the movie and goes like i don't think this is gonna fucking work and then he just 
walks away and he never shows. And so he gets purged at some point. That's basically what they say in this movie is that when they restarted the matrix, cause they realized like, Hey, we don't have enough power to work anymore. Cause the machines use the matrix to, to make humans make power so that they can survive human Duracells. Right. Exactly. Um, at some point they realize post the revolutions that this isn't going to work. And so they start a civil war over power and they start fighting with each other. They make other factions. But the point is at some point, somebody, another program called the analyst pitches an idea to restart the matrix. And that's Neil Patrick Harris's character. And his version of the matrix is pretty much the modern internet. I know. I hate this. I, I should we just fucking get into this? love it. So here we go. The thing about oh the original. God. So when the original matrix came out, it's important to remember that the internet was way different in 1999. The, the internet was not. It was a, a database. Hear me out. The internet was possibilities. Yes. Let's let's talk broadly. Right. The internet was possibilities. Yeah, we still didn't what know what we, it was going to turn into. What can we do with this? Right. The possibilities are endless. The Matrix Resurrections is, is what if we took this thing and fucked it for money? Well, and, and what fucked if, it for control? And what if this whole the, the the thing that analyst comes with his big breakthrough? The reason that the suits, as he calls them, let him do it is because he figured out that if you keep people in a constant sense of antagonism, they will create even more just, power than they would when they were docile just, sheep people like just the original keep them Matrix. Upset, yeah, just, just make, low make, level make, upset. We see this is the thing, man. Right, so mm. the thing that people attack or, or the, 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 the one of the most common fucking things I have this way to make free energy mm-hmm. but the government doesn't want that to happen right. man it's too controversial you can't do it and so the water powered car the fucking uh, what's it called the machine that goes on forever oh the perpetual motion machine perpetual motion machine here's the twisted thing Ben actually fuck the perpetual motion machine just make a perpetual outrage machine exactly keep people fucking upset right and so in this movie, at the start of it, and, and the opening scene is like a fun little like play on the original opening, where you have this character named Bugs, who's like a who's, new hacker who Bugs I love. Is but Bugs for Bugs is yeah. us. Bugs yeah. is the standard. Yeah, she is the because surrogate. she is. I've seen this. This yeah. is great. And she's, she yeah, fucking she is a person who is aware of Neo and Trinity's story. She 100%. is a fan of Neo yes. in a way that I am a fan of the Matrix. She and has so and wicked so good pants. She has sick glasses, yeah. cool blue hair. She rules. Her uh, name is Bugs. I don't know if you know this, Ben. Bugs, Bugs Bunny, the bunny. She's Yo. got. Uh, she's well, and the bunny is like the lady in yeah, the yeah, first yeah. movie with the white yeah, rabbit. Yeah, yeah. So like the rabbit thing and whatever. But she's uh, is it Jessica Hemwick's the actor? She's great. She's so, great. She's excellent. Yeah, she's a great she's a addition. And uh, yeah, in person, I don't know. And so yeah, there's this great opening where she's watching essentially the Trinity scene from the opening of the original Matrix. But in like, the wall, people are swapped around, and at some point they start talking about how this is a modal, which is just a loop that plays this scene and not. And then so you start to learn from that that the Matrix in this new version of the Matrix is a series of video games that have been made by Neo, although he doesn't know he's Neo. He's just Thomas Anderson again. And Yo, so, but, he, but Ben, he's in an office that has, he's in the corner office, right? He's, he's at the in, top of the shit. I pile. also love the San Francisco like tech world they put him into, which is like the original is like weirdly Chicago kind of. It's midwestern, it's nondescript. Yeah. But this is very clearly tech bro culture, full stop. And at first, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's colorful, and then you're right. like, oh. But that's mm. like that's another example of everything being cranked up too high. 
It's like so remember, you in, can in, never relax in that matrix because the sun is bright orange. In, in the matrix, in Matrix One, everything has that green yeah, fucking that tinge sterile to it. computer and feel you're like, to it. Oh, like oh, it just looks. Yeah, like, it looks this, like I'm looking at a monochrome monitor. Right. In this, you have that those reds yeah. and those blues, incredibly vibrant. Yeah, I fucking love it. It's a great oh like God. aesthetic change. Where and, and this was also Lana talking about being because the original films are like storyboarded within an inch of their life. You, you brought this up to me. So they yeah. used to. Like down to the most minute detail. Storyboard every frame. Yeah. They knew everything. They didn't shoot coverage. Like it's this weird thing. Uh, there's a couple other directors who are like this that I think I remember Timothy Oliphant talking about working with Quentin Tarantino and being like, it's wild. He doesn't shoot any coverage. He knows every single shot he wants. Like Ed Wood, right? Yeah. It's not like a movie where you're just like, ah, we'll shoot these scenes and we'll just cut it all together. That's how normal so, filmmakers So Michael Mann. Work. Yeah. Uh, oh no no Michael Mann no, is no, another no, no. meticulous yeah he's like filmmaker but like uh, I don't know I'm trying to think of like a Ron Howard or something who I was gonna like, say I was shoots, gonna say I was gonna no, say Ron Howard workman like films like they work you can cut them together in the editing room but there's nothing like terrifically <laughs> distinct about them um, yeah but they're workers dude but the Wachowskis have always been famous for especially for the Matrix movies like just every single frame of every like action pose every kick every everything is is planned out to a T. And uh, yeah, for this one, Lana specifically said, and I wonder if it was too because she was not working with another person, um, that she was she's been much more taken with just improv, essentially, like getting an action scene basically and then just seeing what happens and also filming natural light, which is this movie is drenched in like sunlight in a way that the original Matrix, there's no there's literally no sun in the original Matrix. It's always this opaque cloudy kind yeah, of white so for sky me, as a teenager i was like oh that's because yeah well no and that's all intentional and it's out, supposed dude. to and this kind of goes to my my point of the you know what the internet was back then it was this very sterile database essentially and now it is this vibrant for lack of a better term uh clash of all these person it's you know social media has made it uh, like oversaturated kind of with with personality you could say real quick can i give you my fucking read on this mm-hmm the internet in the 90s was like, hey, man, you can have an angel fire. Right. You can have a fucking GeoCities. You can do whatever the fuck you yeah, want. Dude. Again, the internet, it's a wild west. We don't know. Yeah. The reason Facebook is successful, Ben, is because they said, look. We know in- it's hard. The internet is hard. There's too much of you it. You don't. Listen. <laughs> hey, Dodo, woman who wants to start an anti-vax group in, in Wyoming. Yeah. You don't want to deal with no. WordPress. You don't, you don't know what Notepad++ plus plus is. You don't want to code HTML. <laughs> yeah. Just make a Facebook group. Yeah. Just right? right here. Just come into Facebook. And uh, what do you worry. want in exchange? Oh, all your data and interactions. Yeah, don't worry. But, don't worry but listen, about it. Don't worry about it. To me, <laughs> Major Resurrections is like, for me, it's the fucking horrifying realization that like the Matrix is Wild West. Yeah. Yes, we're on the construct and blah, 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 all this shit. We can kind of twist it and bend it, but but yeah, and then and and it's hard, right? There's there's like, hey, we have to download all the shit into your brain, yeah. blah blah blah. And Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> Matrix is just comfy. It's comfy. You have a corner office. Hey, make sure you take your pills though. Yeah, but listen, <laughs> bullet time, bullet time, bullet. We need a new bullet time, right? That fucking intro. That's the other great part. Neil Patrick Harris Matrix <laughs> is very comfy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the hard edges are worn off. Yep, and even. Like, if you want to talk about the colors, Matrix 1, green, Gr- yeah. fucking just gray. that tinge, gray, yeah. the fucking thing. And in Matrix Resurrections, it's like, when he's in Sarah, when he's in his office, it's like that orange, orange blue, like, yeah. the, well, there's different members of his team that are, some are red-haired, some are right, blue, right. like, all that shit. 
Um, and I mean, Neil Patrick Harris is like legitimately dressed as a blue pill. Like he has blue glasses. He has a blue tie. He has a blue shirt. Like everything about him is. But he I never am the blue he pill. never points a gun at him and says, "Dodge this." Right. That's right. not the yeah. point. But they, so, but broadly, the idea is that they have figured out a way to make the Matrix work in a way that is less oppressive, but more. You know, again, and more in keeping with the idea of what what the, the modern is internet, today. yeah, and and that God, that's God. why the swarm mode thing works especially well for me is because the idea that it used to be one agent would come in and kind of like deal with stuff, and now it's just like no, we just get everyone to run at you and just throw themselves at you. Like so, would you say it's bombs. like a Twitter mob? Yeah, that's broadly what it is. But um, so anyway, so at the beginning of this movie, he's, he's developing. You know, he's developed the Matrix trilogy as a series of video games. This is how they are. Which they they acknowledge and kind of lampshade, but right? They acknowledge it, and 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 then literally, you know, he goes in to meet with Smith, who is now played by uh, what's his name from Mindhunter. Uh, I like Jonathan Groff. I think he does it's a really fine. good job. Apparently, it was actually supposed to be Hugo Weaving. He just couldn't I, scheduling conflict. Um, he's no Hugo Weaving. No, he's, he's fine, though. but he's good. And he's, as, he has as a punchable a, face. As a smarmy tech bro, he is oh, yeah. phenomenal. He like had the our benevolent socks. our benevolent parent company Warner <laughs> Warner Brothers says like, we have to. It, and so basically, he gives Keanu the 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 rigmarole that Lana probably got from Warner Brothers which is like, we're going to make it with or without you, so like, fucking buckle up or what. And, you know, this is where it enters into kind of the Metal Gear Solid 2 thing where Kojima, when he made Metal Gear Solid 2, was like, I I don't want to make another one. And if I do, it's going to be about why you shouldn't want a sequel to that original game. And Konami game. was like, but listen, our spas and our fitness clubs right. are not pulling down the listen, money. Listen, you made the biggest fucking game on the PlayStation. You're going to make it again, god damn it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, ain't I a stinker? And he made this incredibly obtuse piece of media that is all about why sequels are painful to make, nonsense, and Jeff. only serve to extend... Ill, Ill gains uh, amongst the companies who Jack, make them. Jack, do you know what tomorrow is? <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Fission has mailed. Yeah, we, we don't need to litigate Metal Gear Solid 2 because it's a wild game and deserves its own whatever, but it's a similar idea. We're going to have to record a separate thing. But Where it is the creator being asked to come back to the thing that they don't necessarily want to make a sequel to, and then them taking it being like, oh yeah? Well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I think about The Matrix Resurrections that's even more impressive is that it doesn't have necessarily quite the... I don't want to call Metal Gear Solid too vindictive, but it is a game that kind of is actively oh, it actively pisses people yeah, off. It is making you play through the same game you played before, and then going tut tut tut. You did, you shouldn't have wanted this. And it doesn't even make you play through the same game. It says, "Here's the game. We, right. You're you're on the George Washington." And now Bridge. that game that you loved as a kid is now being used to train child soldiers. Like that's essentially what that game is yes. about. Raiden literally is a child. Is a child soldier who is trained. Fed gunpowder. By the S3 program and, and so on and so forth. Oh, God, the feeding gunpowder. Amazing. Um, Jack the devil, dude. The thing I will say about Metal Gear Solid 2 is, like, I originally that was a, a, movie, a game that I re- didn't really like very much. I thought it was too, Whoa, too fucking what? clever. It was a disappointment. It was, like, too what about convoluted. the first-person view? I mean, the game was fine, but, like, the fact that... And the that pressure-sensitive shooting, Halfway man. through, I realized I was steering an, a Nikita missile through another electrical maze. I'm like, okay, fuck this. Why are they making me do the same shit as the original game? And then they get to the end and go, ha-ha, see, it was all a simulation to make you play through Shadow Moses again, and da-da-da. And I didn't like that, because it made me... You know, kind of feel like I had wasted my time playing through the same game again that I had already played through many times on the PlayStation. Um, I have come to really appreciate that game. I think it's so fucking smart. I don't like if this makes any sense. Like, I don't like playing exactly. It. I I enjoy, but what I, it is. it's like it is a masterpiece. I will 
absolutely use that word to describe it because it's so fucking clever. Well, unfortunately, technically, it is a masterpiece. And it is. Like, like technically, was amazing. You can shoot that champagne bottle, Ben. Watch you those can ice shoot cubes that. melt. You can knock over that ice. Yeah. It's going to melt. You can shoot the tarp in the Olga fight, and it'll fly away, right? Right. So he um, still did have some fun with it. And I think the end of that game is so bug nuts that you can't help but enjoy it unless you're yes, no then, fun. But then there's literally fortune on the catwalk. Right. Explain. There's like, it's so just like, oh, many shit. parts that are in it because it's Kojima. It's massively overwritten. It needs an editor, et cetera, et cetera. The thing that, but as a thing that was paid to exist, right? It's amazing. How the fuck can you argue? And it's also a thing that when you look back on now, it's like God. He called so many things about manipulation of information, and and uh, what what is the internet going to mean? And all these other things. Here's an alternate timeline, Ben. What if the guys that made Stalker made Metal Gear Solid Two? Right, and and that to me, right now in the current climate, Putin, as we talk right now, has invaded. Effectively invaded. Get to real ready if he's not already actively oh, he doing had, it. But here's the thing with that is that he has already blurred the lines so much. He was in, he's his troops have been in Ukraine since 2014. Yeah, I mean this is right. Yeah, and and he quote unquote acknowledged the separatists. It's like no motherfucker, you sent in little green men yeah. with no badging, no, and Russia in general takes information and twists it to the point where it's meaningless. Right. As Kojima talks about. In Metal, Metal Gear Solid, Solid 2, too, yeah. which is, what if you get to a point where you, like, Raiden doesn't, Raiden doesn't understand what the player knows what we're doing. Right. Oh, I'm going underwater into this hostile area. Yeah. Everything's on-site procurement, and I'm fall, I'm going into an elevator where I take off my, my wet, mask. Yep. Right. And he doesn't understand it, but as we as people we are like, what yeah. the and so it's very much on? in conversation with the audience in the same way that this movie is. Yes. And um, the thing that I think is really cool about this and is maybe more successful for me than about Metal Gear Solid 2 is it's also like a cool continuation of the Matrix story. Like once it gets past that first 45 minutes and he gets out, it then continues to the the, the Zion keep part going. blissfully short. Right. Blissfully short. Right. And that it's stuff just... is for, you know, if you're into the lore of the sequels, like that's a lot of what that's for. But I still think it like is satisfying the the heist of getting Trinity out and stuff like that. That is... That still works. And so it doesn't have quite the cynicism of Metal Gear where it's like, if it was a cynical, like the opening scene of this movie where they replay <laughs> the old the old shit from the original Matrix would just be the rest of the movie. Yeah, but they did do that, though. And they did. They did do like, so it hey, is kind of Trinity? Cake in their, they had their cake and eat it, too, in a way. Yeah. But they break away from it earlier. They than do. Metal I know. Games. I know. I know. Um, but, it, you know, still similarly metatextual of just like, you know, this is we're in conversation with what the reaction to. And because Yo, remember when this chick beat up all those cops? Right? Isn't that that, cool? That's what the modal is. Like that's right. what that is. Yeah. Is like remember when she yeah. fought, remember and this? Now she huh? kicks their ass, huh? exactly. Yeah. And and yeah, and she does she does the thing. She does the crane kick. The crane kick. kick and yeah. Um they get away with it, but also they're like at the end it's like, yeah, but But you shouldn't do that. Like that shouldn't be what we no, do. No, this here. is a trap. Yeah, this if, is a if trap. If you if you live here all the time, you're you're wrong. Right. Like life exists outside of and this. I, you and, know, I think there's a very direct point. Uh it's post Neo waking up. And it's a scene between him and Bugs where and Bugs says to him, you know, like, I can't believe, you know, they took the story, your story that meant so much to people like me and the Matrix turned it into triviality, just turned it into a video. Yeah, game. But that's what it does. And and oh that's that's what yeah, Neil literally says. He's like, that's what the Matrix does. That's it, the it point. Takes, that's the point. It takes the stuff and it codifies it. And that's, you know, you could say that about the Internet. It takes people's passions and ideas and codifies it into, you know this this nonsense you know or this this uh well everything can be weaponized against exactly you. yeah um 
I that's a dark path. And I, that's and that's them. And that is to me, Lana Wachowski saying, like, I created this thing, this idea, there's these people, these characters, the blue pill, red pill, and they took it and they pulled it apart and they made it into triviality. And they took the red pill and just completely stripped it of meaning and made it into a rallying cry for men's rights activists or any right wing <laughs> cause you could think of. And that's evil. And that's what the Matrix does. You just sub out the Matrix for the Internet and you got pretty much the thesis statement oh, you, of you take the Matrix what they're doing. Humans. Like, exactly. Um, the, the typical thing, right, like for me is like you could take any small scale game yeah. and the, the fucking shitty behavior in it and just scale it up. Right. right. So Diablo 2. Yeah. If there's a way to copy items forever yeah. and make much money, we're going to do it. Yeah. But I don't mean to alarm you, mm-hmm. but NFTs, there's <gasps> a serious security flaw in one of the biggest trading platforms. Yeah. And guess what? People are just going to take your shit and sell it and whatever. How, mu- how many how many millions of dollars uh, dollars uh, were yeah. stolen off OpenSea uh, this week? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Six million. It's 200 I use million, heavy I quote yeah. fingers because yeah. guess what? It's all speculation. It doesn't matter. It's, it's empty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... But yeah. the idea as a creator of having your thing taken, and you said, I, you know, this thing that I built with my sibling yeah. represents all the shit we loved. And it meant so much to and so many people. And it meant so much to so many people yeah. in a genuine way. And you take it and you say, yeah, but what if I, you hate women? Yeah, but I and really what like if that you, term. Yeah. So I'm going to take it. And what if these libtards yeah. are just fucking, they're keeping you in they're the, the matrix, pill, dude. Man. They're keeping you, you on wanna, the blue pill. Yeah. Um, and that is terrifying yeah. as a creator. Like, right, like that your words could be taken. And it's it's yeah. very rare that you get the chance to, to make another movie that says, no, fuck that. This is what it means. And this is what it's always meant. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I really like, so like, that's the thing. Then the movie, like once it gets out of the Matrix, once it, it wakes Neo up, it then does become kind of more of a straightforward Matrix yeah, movie. I know. Yeah, and that's maybe of, the part yeah, that doesn't work as well for, for some people. The zombie stuff, I'm just like, I whatever. still found it really, uh, really fun. And I think... Um, the, the endings, the ending monologues, I'm fine with. Yeah. Right? Because they don't like walk up to Neil Patrick Harris and be like, fuck you. I mean, he literally him. says sheeple uh, at some point. So again, yeah. the subtlety, uh, totally gone. But... It doesn't matter. Because at that point, you've already gone through it, and it doesn't matter because for me, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss on the screen in right. that coffee shop, and that moment is all that. When they're in the coffee shop at the end, and there's all the cops around them, and they do the thing where they reach out and grab each other, and it blows everyone else up because the power of them holding hands is enough to just like... Because they're not supposed to be together, yeah, Ben. It's great. And that, yeah, that's the, you know, the <laughs> other part of this Matrix where Neil Patrick Harris's character is essentially resurrected these two people who are dead, and then keeps them... Near each other, puppeted, one might say, not yeah. not touching, but close, but very, you know, very clearly playing on the idea of their desire for each other, and that's what creates the magic that creates this matrix. And it's this like very evil thing he's doing, but it, you know, he's yeah, like, I'm getting the- two to three times the power we used to get out of these people, and it's a combination of oh them being in this matrix, and then also, yeah, just keeping everybody's fucking teeth on edge essentially all the time through social media and yeah, all these other things. Yeah, but that's authoritarianism. That's 1984. Mm-hmm. That's the hour of pain, anguish, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Where you literally just watch a screen and you're fucking upset about everything. Yeah. Um, that's what he created. <laughs> yep. <laughs> fucking analyst, man. Um, but, but yeah, analyst, so. Analyst is a stand-in for whatever. Right. right. But uh, so. Oh, my God, dude. I guess we Wrap should start up, wrapping ben. this up. But like, it, you know, the, the 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 movie and the reason I think it is so surprising and I, you know, it was divisive. I think it's weird. Like Matrix fans who are like big fans of the lore generally don't like this movie very much. I don't fucking care. But that doesn't really matter. Go, go on your fucking Matrix Wikipedia. But whatever. as someone who especially existing in the current 
who is a movie fan who exists now in this blockbuster climate where everything is extremely safe, extremely manufactured for maximum IP crossover, just completely fucking toothless, completely uh, homogenized. You know, like the Marvel films are entertaining. Disney owns a lot of, but they all have to fit into this rubric. They all have to be four quadrant hits. They all have to be able to sell them in China. They have to be able to do all this stuff uh, to make the money back on these insane budgets they spend. So they have to be very safe. All the edges sanded off. And it's just wild to see a major studio film with a $160 million budget that's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, why are we telling the same fucking stories over again? Why are you happy with this? Why are you putting up with this? And so on and so forth. And I just, it was, it was, I, I expected it to be a kind of interesting, you know, Love Conquers All Matrix story, but I did not expect it to have the layer of like, why are we doing this? What is co- why is it different now? What's the point of revisiting this and all these other things? And and I think it it is, you know, it's messy, but I think it's really fucking interesting. And yeah, I w- at I the w- end of the day, that's like why I think it's a, a really I, good I movie. I would not I would not call this like a scalpel of a movie. I would not no. call this like a well calibrated like exactly every line. Hits. No, no. Um, but it's, as it's clunky and corny, just like all their other movies. But I will I will use this this fucking seminal. Metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there beautiful Ken Burns National Parks. Have you ever seen National Parks? Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, whatever. Actually, I don't think I have, but yeah. Anyway. If you like Ken Burns, please watch the National Parks. It's about how a bunch of fucking random people came together and were like, we should preserve this shit. Yeah. And basically, there's this woman in New York who said, I like these hats in the 1920s. She's like, I love these fucking hats. <laughs> and then she goes to her haberdasher and she says, where's my fucking newest hat with this feather? And he's like, well... We can't get them because all these fucking birds are dead. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, what? Where do these birds come from? And he's like, well, it's this place in, in a place called Florida called the Everglades. And she's like, and all the birds are dead? And, and the guy's like, yeah, we can't get them because the Everglades are fucked up. Yeah. And she's like, fuck this shit. Let's go save the Everglades. And she's like, I have never been to Florida. Fuck Florida. But I'm going to give a bunch of my money to Florida and mm-hmm. to preserve the Everglades. Yeah. And she says, basically... This woman comes around and says, I'm going to give all this money to this thing. I just want it to exist. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't go there. I don't live there. But right. it should exist. And that is my argument for, right. for Major and, and Resurrection. Kudos like, to Warner happy. Brothers to actually being like, all right, your first right of refusal. Kudos to contracts. Contracts. And, and, Absolutely. And, and, You're, and right. You're right. Union. <laughs> and union. And union contracts. And representations and all that. Yes. Did you watch the Red Letter Media about geezer teasers with mm. no. Steven Seagal and Bruce Willis? No. Those guys. Please do, uh-huh. if you have a chance. They're just basically willing to say, hey, I'll show up for two days. Yeah, Belarus. I'll fly in. Bulgaria, Belarus, <laughs> Puerto Rico, Costa Rica. They yeah. show up. They do two days with non-union teams. Mm-hmm. People that are basically disposable. Wink, wink, Alec Baldwin. Right. Th- His, if you want to talk about that shit. Right, right, right. That's a whole nother whole thing. <laughs> can but of I'm worms. just saying, right, you're an aging white action star from the 80s and 90s and you got tax bills you, bro you got tax bills you got alimony <laughs> willie nelson is on the phone he's like how the fuck do i do enough concerts to pay my taxes right right um all you do you just show up for two days on the set with non-union people bang it out you bang it out you you do all your scenes sitting down because you want to be comfy right what if you don't get all the coverage too bad you better figure it out i'm only here for two days <laughs> you fix that shit in post right <laughs> that's right that's what the matrix could have been right and which when lana wachowski said yeah. Fuck like that, that shit. And I wonder, too, if 
so the thing is, this movie was actually fairly successful. Like it did, was it, it really? did all right at the box office for COVID, which is you know that skews all box offices now. But it did okay worldwide. I think it cleared a hundred million, and then uh, HBO Max said like it was an incredibly successful streaming. Really? Premiere. So uh, whether or not, and like the response to it, as far as like did people love it? Not really. Like uh, I think I know, more, but that's not the point. But but uh, my Metal Gear Solid Two is the same thing, right? My brain is like, okay, so are they going to make any more? Because I don't think Lana oh, or gonna, Lily is going to make any more. They're going to take that corpse and they're going to puppet it because there is definitely plenty of stuff to build off of with all the mythology crap they introduced in the latter half of this movie. Um, that they don't need Neon Trinity necessarily to do it. Um, so it could happen. I, I, I would be curious uh, what they would do, but I just think it's it, it, that much like, and this is a bad example because I don't think it's nearly as good a thing, but Bioshock Infinite is also oh a, a God, series dang. ender that essentially upends the table in a way that if you wanted to ever do anything with it again. Hey ben, there's always a girl. There's always a fucking lighthouse, bro. I mean, yes. So you could either pick that up and go with it or you have to start completely from scratch. And so I wonder uh, if, because I did feel like this movie was a kind of like, I'm closing the book on the Matrix again, and I'm making it so that you can't really make another one because it just doesn't. It, it, I don't know how you link something to this. So there, I, there will always be a 24 year old Warner Brothers executive right, who says, like, "I love the Matrix. Let's dust off the Matrix. What's the new bullet time? <laughs> What's the new bullet time? I hate that. Yeah, but I also love that. Yeah. Is it personal assistant? I think I texted you. I was like, this guy fucking sucks. sucks. This guy sucks. Yeah, He's yeah. terrible. Well, that's like another like little bit of flavor there is there's a bunch of like just low-key misogyny to that character and Neil Patrick Harris's character especially where he just constantly calls Trinity a bitch, calls her a MILF, all these other things. I'm like, oh, there's another piece of the modern internet just worked into, <laughs> into these characters, which is just very pointed. And uh, yeah, so... Matrix Resurrections is a very interesting movie, much like Metal Gear Solid 2. I guess a very we're going to have to do a two-parter. Game. Well, okay. Elden Ring comes out tomorrow. Yep. We will have to discuss this. We'll devote a month of programming to that. As uh, this man, tradition. as a new dad, I'm kind of... I'm <laughs> no, not I'm even, kidding. I'm fucking horrified. I mean, we're just we're going to play that game for a while. It seems like it's real long. Yeah, but people aren't going to understand. Because if you go back to the timeline... For people who play Dark Souls, people who play Demon Souls are like, you fucking noob. Yeah, right. Motherfucker, they've been doing this forever. forever. Yeah. Okay. Dark Souls is a hit for you and I mm-hmm. and like was a hit yes. for for the breakout. Yeah. I, Elden Ring seems to be on track to be like people who have Massive. no idea. Yeah. And yeah. so that's terrifying where it's like. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't sound, you know, it's still not out. So I haven't played it, but. What I've read, it does not seem like it compromises a whole lot as far as like onboarding. What did you say? It was Death of the Wild. <laughs> Death no, of the Wild uh, was the uh, the GameSpot uh, Tamar, Tamar Hussein's yeah. uh, deck, which I think is very clever. Imagine if Bre- <laughs> so. Imagine if Breath of the Wild was your first Zelda. You'd be a lucky no, no. person. Shh. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> and you play. You're nine years old. You play Breath of the Wild. And you're like, this is what a Zelda is. Mm-hmm. And then you play this. Right. And just be like, oh, no. No, no. This is not for me. <laughs> or you say, holy shit. Right. This is I've totally for pill- me. I've been red-pilled I've on been, Miyazaki. I've been Miyazaki-pilled. <laughs> I've been Joe Roganized. Oh, no. help, ben, help me take this. Come on. Help I, me get traction. I will I've not been- help you Joe Roganize anything. I try to... Uh, <laughs> I'll winterize a boat, but I will not Joe Roganize a podcast. <laughs> No, that doesn't hey. deserve. That's such a stretch. This is not deserve Fuck a rim yeah. shot. 
All right. All right. We too much. We didn't talk about uh, Hideo Kojima. I mean, that is a whole episode. That is. That could be. You know, one day. So I was ambitious. Maybe but... we should get an anniversary of Metal Gear Solid Two to talk about it. But it, it, I do think it has plenty to do, and and in, in the ways that it like very much interrogates the thing that you wanted a sequel to. But this is. This is forever, right? This is this is not a this is not a property specific thing. This is a human thing right. where it's like, hey, I'm gonna make this thing, and then it's like, wow, this thing is really effective. Yeah. What if I appropriate it to be a shit bag? Right. And you're like, no. Mm-hmm. As a creator, you're like, no, no, no. I didn't want that. No. Yeah. Um. Thank God the Wachowskis are still around to make it. Yeah. All and, right. And yes. Exactly. Thank goodness thank there are God, still people yeah. around who are willing to take a huge pile of money and be like, I'm going to make something people are not going to like. <laughs> I hope they have good vacations. I hope they don't work at all. Yeah. I hope yeah. they just fucking exist. And take that take that paper. And I mean, because, you know, the story from Kojima goes on to where he's like, all right, I'm never making another one after two. And they're like, you come back for three, right? And he's like, I'm retired. All right, fine, I'll come back. Yeah, but three was really good. Yes, and so was uh, every time he came sa- back. There's something to be said. Like, yeah. unfortunately, Kojima just kept fucking up, and that he kept making gold. Right, and it was just like, oh, ah, come shit. on. He tries a different game every time, and it's successful every time. And but he's not making a new game every time. He makes literally the same game every <laughs> fucking time. That's right. the point. Going back to the MSX. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like going back to that. Until you get to MGS5 when it kind of the wheels fall off a little bit. Not because that's a bad game, but because the story and the game can't coexist. There is no story to MGS5, exactly. basically. But there's a, got but a lot of stories about when I made that uh, horse poop on that man that I knocked out. And that's the story for another day. <laughs> ben, please take us out. Okay. We are out. Uh... <laughs>